Hey friends, well, I want to talk to you today about prayer. Now we can never have too much discussion or teaching on prayer, especially when Jesus is doing the teaching and Jesus is the ultimate teacher, right? And so I was reading the book of Mark and I came across a teaching again where Jesus was talking about prayer. I know many people have discounted prayer. They don't believe in it. Some people even go to links as saying that, well, you got to do more than pray. Well, baby, you got to start with prayer. That's my position and I'm not moving from it. Got it? All right. Well, anyway, let's talk about what transpired before we get to this point where Jesus tells his disciples that they can, you know, pray about anything. And that instruction is given to us as well. Well, in Mark chapter 11, we find that Jesus goes to Jerusalem and he goes riding on a donkey. By the time he gets to Jerusalem, this is uh, verse number 11. He goes to the temple. That was Jesus's custom. But he didn't say anything. He just looked around at everything that was happening. Jesus was taking note. He was observing all of the activity that was occurring in the temple. I'll just say this. Um, Jesus was noticing that everything was occurring in the temple, but what was supposed to be occurring in the temple. Some of the same stuff is happening in our temples and our churches also, but it was late. So Jesus decided, you know, I'm going to go out to Bethany. And so he and his disciples went to Bethany. Now, the next day we're in verse number 12 of chapter 11 of Mark. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Now, that's what the Bible says. This lets us know that, hey, Jesus was human. He can experience the same things that we experience, which is hunger. Well, Jesus saw in the distance a tree. It was a fig tree and it was in bloom. It actually looked promising, like there should be some fruit on it. So Jesus is, you know, thinking like, okay, I could possibly get me something to eat because this tree is going to have some figs. So when he gets over there with this hopeful expectation, that is to see fruit on the tree, you know, Jesus gets over there and he is disappointed. I mean, truly disappointed because there was no fruit on the tree. Now, I want to say at this point that Jesus got angry and, I, and you know, he was probably uh, under that emotion of hangry, you know, when you're hungry and angry at the same time. Well, yeah, I think so, because Jesus cursed this tree and he said, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. If you don't believe me, read it. It's in verse number 14 of Mark chapter 11. Now get this, I think this is important because Mark lets us know 
and his disciples heard him say it. Now that's that's important. We'll come back to that. Well, they get to Jerusalem. So Jesus enters the temple area and he begins driving out those who were buying and selling there. Now y'all, I had a thought. Now Jesus was hungry. Did he get food on the way? I don't know because if a hangry is an operation, boy, Jesus was something to be reckoned with. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about Jesus like that. But let's remember the night before Jesus had observed all of the activity that was going on in the temple. And so when he got there, the next day, Jesus just went to work. He just started driving people out. He was driving out those who were buying and selling. He even turned over the table of those who were exchanging money. And he turned over the benches of those that were selling doves. The Bible says he wouldn't even allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Now we will find out that, you know, after all of this occurred, Jesus sat down and he taught them. And one of the things the Bible lets us know that he says is, he says, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now, this verse is found in Isaiah, the 56th chapter and the seventh verse. And Jesus continues and he says, but you have made it a den of robbers. Now, that's also mentioned in Jeremiah, the seventh chapter. And it's the 11th verse. Oh, this is really good. Y'all, y'all got to read Jeremiah chapter seven because God is dealing with false religion and he's calling it worthlessness. And so in that particular passage, um, God gives the word to Jeremiah and, and he's telling him, will you steal? Will you murder? Will you commit adultery and perjury? Will you burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known and then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name y'all we know we do it all the time and say we are safe safe to do all these detestable things and then here's the question has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you but I have been watching declares the Lord so the Lord is watching everything that happens in these places that we have deemed his house, the church. And that's even us too. That's a whole nother topic, y'all. That's a whole nother, nother topic about us being uh, houses of prayer. I'll talk about that later. But anyway, notice Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. So Jesus is talking about prayer. And it's a house of prayer for all nations, a place for people to come and commune and fellowship with God. Now get this, when Jesus said this to the people in his teaching, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, when they heard this, oh man, they were upset and they began looking for a way to kill Jesus because they were afraid of him or they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. See, this goes back to this jealousy factor that these and enviousness 
these teachers, these religious leaders, chief priests, and even the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were more concerned that their popularity was going to wane and die down, you know? So they wanted to get rid of Jesus, their status quo, and the way that they have been operating and running things. You know, here comes Jesus turning these things upside down, and he's telling them this is supposed to be a place of prayer, not a place for commerce, not a place to be buying and selling. No, it wasn't about that. All right, so let's go. So the next morning, because see Jesus, after this teaching, you know, he left, he went out of the city, him and his disciples. Well, in verse number 20, this is where our lesson comes from today. In verse number 20, what we see is that the disciples and Jesus that next morning, as they were walking along, they saw that fig tree and it had been withered to the roots. So Peter remembered, remember when I told you that Mark wrote and his disciples heard him say it, they heard him say it, that this tree would never bear fruit again, okay? That no one would ever eat fruit from it again. That's what Jesus said. And the disciples heard it. Now Peter remembered what Jesus had said. And he said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. I can imagine that Peter was really shocked because they had just walked by this uh, fig tree yesterday, the day before. And now when they come back by, here it is. This tree has died. And it is amazing that it happened so quickly and it happened so fast. All right. So now we have this instruction from Jesus about prayer and they're on their way back to the temple. And so on the way back, see, Jesus uses uses every opportunity to teach his disciples, his followers, you know, and so we need to take that too into consideration that we should not forego opportunity to share or to instruct, you know, um, God's word to people, especially who have questions. All right, so here we go. Jesus says, have faith in God. He says, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, Jesus was not surprised at all by the fig tree. Jesus was walking by the fig tree and he didn't point it out to his disciples. He didn't say, y'all look, remember that tree that I cursed yesterday? Look at it. See what happened? No, they were walking by and Peter noticed. Now, I don't know if the other disciples noticed and they just didn't say anything. And Peter's just declared the spokesman, like, you know, he's just going to speak up and he's going to talk. Whatever the case is, he's noticing it. So Jesus takes this opportunity to teach about 
prayer and how, you know, there is power when we back our prayer with these elements that Jesus said. Now, let's let's look at this. Now, prayer, you know, is for us, God's people. We have been called to pray. Prayer is more than just, you know, something we do or recite or memorize. No, it's it's um, communication with God. It's it has to be laced with faith, right? That has to be the baseline for prayer. Now, prayer should be used for more than emergency situations. It should be a daily time with God and throughout the day with God. Prayers don't have to be long and lengthy. A prayer is Lord help. A prayer is um, I don't understand. Help me understand. You know, those are things that, I mean, short prayers that we can pray, but we're praying to our heavenly father, God, Yahweh. Okay. Now look, this is our opportunity. Prayer is, and it is the mechanism that God has given us to communicate with him. And so Jesus tells us that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Remember that's Luke 18 chapter one. And, and so God is telling us that we can call to him. He will hear us and he will answer us. Now, there are many people, like I said, who doubt the power of prayer because their prayers go unanswered, or at least they are not answered in the manner in which they hope they would have been answered. And so at least the person, you know, feeling kind of hopeless and doubting and disappointed. And so what they do is let go of praying, but God wants to hear our prayers, right? Yes, he does. And he wants to answer our prayers. Jesus said this, in Matthew chapter seven, verse number seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open or knock and it will be open for you. And if you pay attention to the first word of each of those sentences, they spell, the first letter spell ask, A-S-K, ask, seek, knock. Jesus is saying, if you do that, you know, if you keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, these things will, will happen. You know, it will be given to you. Jeremiah 29 and 12. I just want to show you that God does hear and he answers prayer and he desires to answer our prayer. Jeremiah 29, 12, God said to him, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. I want you to pay attention to this word, listen. There's a Hebrew word that translates uh, listen and it's called Shema. Now this really indicates that um, God is going to pay attention, that he's going to focus on, that he's going to act on the request. So let's go back and read it in terms of that. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will pay attention to you. I will focus on you. 
I will act upon your request. Come on now. That's some shouting stuff. God is letting us know that he wants to answer our prayer. And then Psalms 91 15 says, he will call upon me and I will answer him. First John 5 14 says, this is the confidence we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So that's just a few passages from the word of God that lets us know that he wants to hear and answer prayer. Now there is another kind of prayer that does not get answered. And that is a prayer that is never prayed. Okay. All right. I'm telling you, that's a pause moment. Okay. <laughs> a prayer that is never prayed can never get answered. But let's look at this too. Now there's a key to God answering our prayer and Jesus has provided these keys here. First of all, in verse 22 of Mark 11, he says, have faith in God. This is the response that he is given to Peter and the disciples, the other 11, about the fig tree being withered and they are shocked. And so Jesus is saying to them, what I did, you can do. He had faith, not in the tree obeying him, but he had faith in God to perform the thing that he was saying. Did y'all get that? He had faith, not in the tree, but he had faith in the God, his God, our heavenly father to perform the thing that he was saying. He said, have faith in God, believe God. This is Yahweh, the one and true God. Trust him, trust that he is hearing and that he is listening. So notice this. The second thing is don't doubt. He says, don't doubt in your heart. Don't doubt, don't waver. Don't go between belief and doubt. Be firm in your stance. I, you know, I remember reading when God told Jehoshaphat, when he prayed, when the armies were coming against him, what he told him to do was, first of all, this is not your battle. That's what he said. But he said, this, take up your position, take up your position, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that I give you today. Look at here. This is what we must do too. We must take up our position that's faith, that's prayer, that's hope, that's confidence in God. You got to take up that position and you got to stand firm on it. You can't waver in your faith. You got to get anchored in faith. What is that? Isaiah chapter seven, verse nine says, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Now I didn't say it wouldn't be a battle. I wouldn't, I didn't say it wouldn't be a fight. It may be a fight to remain in faith, but it's a fight worth fighting. And so we got backing to help us remain in faith. You've got God's spirit living on the inside of you. You've got resource from heaven. And that's a power source to remain in faith when you lean on God and not on your own understanding. 
Y'all, we got to get anchored and rooted in our faith in God. See, the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter and the 58th verse, is to stand firm and let nothing move you. See, we walk by faith and not by feelings. God's word is our foundation. And that's a sure and solid word. It will not fail. So that's what we're standing on, right? So we got to fortify our faith. We got to get strong in our faith, right? And so this is what Jesus is saying. When you pray, do not doubt, believe in your heart and whatever you ask for will happen for you. It will be done for you. Jesus goes on and he says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it. Like it's already occurred. Stay there in that, not in the thing again, but in the whom you are praying to, that God has heard your prayer, that God will perform it because you asked, because you sought, because you knocked, because you believe, because you have faith in him, because he doesn't lie, because he doesn't um, go back on his word. He does not speak and not fulfill. He does not promise and not fulfill. Now, there's another word too that I'm going to give you that will relate to that. Now, we got to ask according to his will. Then we also got to trust that God's answer is the best answer for us. Now, here goes one. One more part of this instruction. Jesus said, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you. Oh my goodness. Here's a hard one. We've got to forgive. We have got to let go of offenses. And I know what the truth is. You know, we don't really want to forgive because we feel that the person is going to get off or some people may think it makes them look weak when they forgive offenses. But there is power in forgiveness. When we forgive, we let go of that hold that someone has over us, keeping us anchored into uh, a place of hurt and anger, disappointment, and even grief. When we forgive, we get freedom. We get released from our prisons. And now we can live without being hemmed in by the negative emotions that we felt. I know y'all look, it's a process. It may not occur instantaneously. We may want to go back and pick it up even after we dropped it, but no, we've got to drop it. We've got to let it go. We've got to obey obliterate it, blow it up in the sense that we can't go back and pick it up. But we can do this with the power that God has given us. He has given us his Holy Spirit. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Plus, we have been instructed to forgive because that's what God wants. Because if we don't forgive, then hey, we're tying the hands of God when it comes to him forgiving us. One more thing I want to tell you about this prayer life too, is that words really do matter. When we look at this, Jesus tells Peter and the disciples, he says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to the mountain. So words are important. What we say 
And if you don't doubt when you say it, the thing will happen. Now, this is praying according to God's will now. All right. So we can speak life or we can speak death because we know that there is both that power in our tongue and the one that we speak the most is the one that we're going to receive the most so we need to know that our words matter and we got to stop doubting and we've got to believe when we're praying we'll pray we'll say okay lord um i need your help um, but I don't know if you're going to help me. That is like, what? What are you saying? What are you saying? When the guy brought his son to Jesus and um, the, the guy said, if, and Jesus said, if, Jesus said, if you can believe, you know, if you stop doubting. And the man said, help my unbelief, you know, help my doubting. And that's where we've got to be too. We've got to ask God to help us strengthen those areas where we are doubting, rid ourselves of that, walk in confident assurance and faith that God really is listening and he will answer our prayer. James said this, remember, in the first book, I mean, in the first chapter of his book, verse six and seven, that when a person asks that that person must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not even think that he's going to receive anything from God. That man is double-minded and unstable in all that he does. Y'all, that's that rave wavering. That's not being firm. Jesus said that we can pray about anything and we should do it. But we got to check our hearts to make sure that, hey, if we're praying and we're not seeing the result of the prayer or, you know, nothing is moving, we might need to check our heart. Did we really have faith in God? Are we doubting? Um, are we holding on to unforgiveness? You know, we need to go back and reassess and reevaluate. We got to fortify that faith. We got to make sure that our faith is in the right thing, that our faith is in God to do what he said he would do. And that is answer our prayer. So y'all can pray about anything, okay? Especially if it's according to the will of God. And don't give up on prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us uh, permission to pray about anything because you are listening. You told us to pray in confidence, to pray in, fi in faith and not doubting. And also, Father, that when we pray, believe that you hear us and that you are going to answer us. If there's anything, Father, while we're praying that we're holding in our hearts against someone, bring it to our attention so that we can forgive, release, and let it go so that you can forgive us here and answer our prayer. Thank you, Father. All right, y'all, this has been your Daily Dose. Remember, a daily dose of God's word is good for the soul. Be blessed.